how the Rams became the surprise team in the NFL. Should they extend Kevin Donson and Nikella Witherspoon? What will they do at the kicker position? That's coming up next. Got Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Rambling? Welcome to the episode of Locked On Rams. Your daily podcast coming your Los Angeles Rams free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked on Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor, join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, try and get to 11,000 subs before the new year. So definitely go ahead over to YouTube. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. We've been covering LA sports for over a decade, 24 7 sports, Dodgers Nation, SI. Now the Rams four locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams. The people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on the X at Travis Rogers. On today's show, we got a jam-packed episode. We're talking about how the kicking is impacting Sean McVay's play calling. Did they make a mistake by cutting Mason Crosby? How do the Rams rebuild this roster in the offseason should they give Kevin Dotson an extension how they built this team on a budget in the offseason but first this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by Game Time down the Game Time app create an account and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed now Travis I'm in some random Starbucks somewhere in California here rocking out this <laughs> locked on Rams episode. My mom has 56K internet, so that wasn't going to cut it. So here we are. First thing I want to point out to you, though, is I think the Rams might be a fan of the show. I think they might be every listener. So all of you saw this, the Rams doing a Puka Shells giveaway for Puka Nakua with the Puka Shell necklace with the Puka picture. If I get that, I'm going to make that my fantasy football trophy wherever the rest of my life. But I don't know. Did you see this? Did you get one for Christmas? I'm sure the Rams probably sent you one, right, Travis? I'm still waiting for it to be delivered to my house. I haven't gotten my hands on the Puka shells yet. But if nothing else, you have a uh, you have a claim because you were on this way before anybody else. Going way back to camp, you say you were bringing the Puka shells back. So you were about six months ahead of the curve on this one. Good job. Those Puka shells are fire. And speaking of fire and Puka shells, he was one of the big reasons why this Rams team was able to rebuild on the fly. I'm calling it balling on a budget this offseason, right? I mean, you heard Les Snead talk about their strategy, and it was to, quote, take a pause so we continue being aggressive. They shed huge contracts. You took a lot of money off the books at $80 million in dead money alone you got off of guys like Greg Gaines, Alan Robinson, Matt Gay, Nick Scott, Bobby Wag, you traded Jalen Ramsey, the list goes on and on. But still somehow, some way, they're over five hundred playing relevant football in December and they're a win away from punching their ticket to the playoffs. It's really just been an unbelievable run for this Rams team, just exceeding expectations beyond belief and being in the position where they're in. They drafted so incredibly well this year that I think it jump-started their entire remodel, rebuild, restart, whatever re you want to call it. This was they 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 got to skip maybe a step or maybe even two. That 
when you hit on that many guys in the draft, Puka, of course, is going to be the guy that jumps out because he's an offensive player, because he catches the ball, he gets into the end zone. But Steve Avila has played every single game and looked really good doing it. Byron Young and Kobe Turner have played just about every single week and looked pretty good doing it. Puka speaks for himself, but you're starting to see Davis Allen come into it a little bit, even though he had kind of a, a rough game against the Saints uh, right there. The Ethan Evans has become solid at the punting position. So when you get this many players right, and Kyran, I know he's a rookie a year ago, but he really didn't play much a year ago. Gets hurt on the first play of the season, misses the vast majority of the year. When he comes back, the season had been such a disappointment at that point. I don't think he really got the reps that maybe we were hoping he was going to get. But here you are. You've got if, if we throw Kyren in there just because of availability, that's six starters in one, you know, two draft cycles. That, that means that you've just juiced this thing to a degree that I think is so much better than your wildest dream could have been. And then you hit on guys like Witherspoon. You hit on guys like Dotson. You hit on guys like John Johnson. You bring in relatively cheap, very, uh, you know, high-impact names necessarily. But they played really solid. That's how you go from a, hey, should we get Caleb Williams potentially to, we might win a game or two in the playoffs. It's just been, it's been an extraordinary run. And all the credit in the world to Kevin Demoff and Les Needham. Yeah, I love that you bring up one Kyron Williams. Yes, he's not a rookie, but this is his first case of real regular action. He's made the most of it, lean the league in rushing yards per game. Makes you wonder if he doesn't go on the IAR. Are we looking at home playoff games at SoFi Stadium for the Rams? I mean, the sky would be the absolute limit. I also love that you bring up Caleb Williams because that was the talk. Tang for Caleb, tang for Caleb. You got the Caleb Williams in jersey swaps, a Rams uniform. But no, that is not the direction that this organization was heading in. And you mentioned, too, a combination of draft picks that they hit on. Of course, Puka Nakua, he's been an absolute relation. They struck gold with him, 1,327 yards through 15 games. He has a great opportunity. It's the all-time record for receiving yards for rookie in a season. Steve Avila, he started every single game at left guard. Kobe Turner and Byron Young were first and second in sacks by NFL rookies with six and a half and six. Nick Hampton and saw action. Ethan yep. Evans has a booming leg. Davis Allen scored a touchdown a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then you mentioned the reclamation project. Othello, Othello Witherspoon right there for a little over a million dollars. Kevin Dotson, they get him. They pick him up via trade. He's been a top 25 player in yep. PFF grades, one of the best at his position. And look, this is not a year where our parents had a great year last year and they got the big Christmas bonus and there's tons of presents <laughs> under the trees. No, this was a year where they're on a bunch. This is the year where we didn't get the PS5. This is they taped the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 2 together with duct tape to give us the PlayStation 5, right? That's the kind of year we had this season. But somehow they have done it. You mentioned Demoff. You mentioned Sneed. The coaching, a testament to them. And really, how about this? You still have superstars like Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald. Cooper Cups look better. And I think you, can, you have to mention those core three as a part of the reason why they are where they are. Well, you you know, J.B. Long, the voice of the Rams, said this. We talked to him during the pregame show every week, and he's got something that he calls the CQI, which is the coach-quarterback uh, injury index, right? And so if your coach is legit, which obviously the Rams coach is, Sean McVay is as good as it gets. If your quarterback is having a good season, forget about it. Matthew Stafford has had maybe one of his best seasons. And then you get a little lucky on the injury list. The Rams have been relatively healthy, you know, as as healthy as you can be in the NFL at this point in the season. 
you got a shot. That the other things matter, but those three things matter the most. And the Rams have the right coach, the right quarterback, and they're relatively healthy at the right time of year. So you get a little bit of help from all that rookie class, and your quarterback's kicking ass, and your head coach knows what he's doing. You're going to win some games. And, you know, we talked about it. You know, worst case scenario, this is a three-win team. You know, probably most likely scenario, this is a five or a six win team. Well, the best scenario was Stafford's awesome, McGay's awesome. You hit on some of these rookies and maybe you win nine or ten games. Well, that's exactly where they are. This really is the best case scenario for this team. Uh, we're getting closer to that Giants game coming up on Sunday. That's basically their season. Uh, they're, they're in a great spot and that they're here is a big surprise to me, but it's a it's an incredibly pleasant one. Absolutely. I love that by J.B. Long. It's a great point. I think it's why I picked this team to win nine games this year because they won five games last year when they were in a lot of those games late. But then you had the injuries to Stafford, yeah. to Cup, to Donald. And I said, look, I can get four more dubs if you can guarantee me the health of Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup for at least the majority of the season, right? They had a very difficult schedule this season, but still – with Stafford, you're seeing the luxury of having a truly elite arm on a quarterback. Just look at last night on Brock Purdy. That's not <laughs> happening to Matthew Stafford. His arm is too good for nights like that. Yes, he's had interception situations. He's dealt with that just because his arm is so good that he thinks he can make throws that a lot of quarterbacks don't even attempt. But still, Stafford, his play, McVay, his coaching, and that's where you're seeing it. And I've got a question, too. Look at yeah. how the Ravens played on the road I was After just destroying say. that team, it took the rain, elements, inclement weather to beat the Rams in overtime on the road against that Ravens team. I mean, of course, you don't use that as a measuring stick. Not every game is exactly the same. I think that the Ravens probably took the Rams a little lightly there and they executed well. But what did you think about that? I mean, Niners versus the Ravens, Rams versus the Ravens. Rams look a lot better than the Niners did. What it means to me, D-Mac, is that if you get the right matchup and you get the right bounce and you get the – they can beat anybody. Right. And, and I'm not saying that the Rams are better than the Niners. They're not. They haven't beaten the Niners since the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. And, you know, you know, the Bill Parcells line, you are what your record says you are. But you're right. The Rams went into Baltimore in the rain and had a, had a real chance to win that game. The Ravens just walked into San Francisco and stomped them. They, they absolutely dominated that game. And Purdy goes to if you can get a lead on that guy, I've said this a million times, Brock Purdy is a good player. The rest of that roster is unreal. But if you make Brock Purdy be the reason that he's trying to beat you, I like your chances. And they're so good from playing from ahead. They're so good at playing with a lead. So I think that, that you know, if the Rams run into San Francisco in the postseason, we'll see what it is. But in particular, in that last regular season game of the year, let's get a lead and see what happens because I don't think he functions particularly well when he's got to play from behind. Oh, man, just imagine the Rams getting lead it on the 49ers in the playoffs, the last thing they want to see. But coming up next year on Lockdown Rams, we're talking about extensions. Should the Rams consider giving a contact extension to Kevin Dotson, maybe Akella Witherspoon, some of these reclamation projects, some of these trades they've hit big on? That's coming up next here on Lockdown Rams. All right, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. 
now, right? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. Right now, the Giants and the Rams, the Rams are six and a half point favorites on the road. There are player props, of course. There are over-unders right now, Rams and Giants coming in at 46. And of course, there are so much more. There's money line. There's a million different ways you can play at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Let me give it to you again. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and kick off that NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. Also, check out Locked On Sports today. You have a Los Angeles channel, you got Dodgers, Lakers, Chargers, Clippers. 24-7 live. Definitely check that out. And also a special shout-out to our every listeners. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can be an every listener, too. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, now we talk about some of these guys that they've found, right? Akella Witherspoon and Kevin Dotson. I think the one that you have to at least consider doing your due diligence and looking deep on as far as the extension and blocking the long term is Kevin Dotson. I mean, he yeah. has been fantastic, a top three lineman at his position. He's been a top 25 PFF graded player this year. Now, if you look at where he stands, the only thing is the money. He's projected to sign for four years, $69 million at $17.25 million per year with $41.25 million in total guarantees, but that still would be less than the franchise tag. Now, I'm trying to talk myself into it, but then I'm also saying, okay, if you look at the Rams as a whole, their offensive line, they're 21st in pass blocking win rate, 16th in run blocking win rate. They've been a great offensive line. He's been the reason why they've been stable. But is this something that we can count on for years down the line? That's kind of the question I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, it's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money for a guard. It's a lot of money for somebody that you kind of, you know, I don't want to say stumbled into, but it does feel like a, you got a little bit fortunate in getting him when you did and and, and leaning on him to the amount of, of that, that the Rams have done this season. I think this comes down to what you think you're going to be able to do in the draft. I think it matters what you think you're going to be able to do in free agency and whether or not you think you can develop some of these guys because they've been able to do it a couple of different ways, right? We see them find A.J. Jackson. They kind of found him as, as a developmental player. Abla, a high draft pick. Rob Havenstein, a high draft pick. They've kind of had that center thing revolving around the way. So do you think that you can do that again? They built it on the cheap for the most part with that offensive line, with the exception of uh, of Havenstein. Can you do it again? If you think so, you probably don't pay him. It also depends on how close do we think we are. Do, if, if you said to Sean McVay, Les Snead right now, can the Rams win the Super Bowl next year? If they hit on a couple of more draft picks, if they spend some of that money in free agency – then maybe you do give him that money and you deal with it later because you need one of those core pieces. If you think you're still a, a, a player or two away and you're not going to be able to juice it to that degree, then I think maybe you'll let him go and you start to continue to build. But if you think you're on the 10-yard line going in for another Super Bowl championship, 
absolutely pay. That's kind of what they did the last kind of run, right? The FM picks era was all about let's do it right now. Maybe you're starting, you know, maybe the end of Aaron Donald's career, potentially the end of Matthew Stafford. Take one more good punt at this and see what happens. I think that's the scenario where you might go and pay him. That's a great point right there. Just seeing where they are as far as where do they want to allocate these resources? Do they yeah. value that position to the level where they're saying, okay, we're going to pay him like a premium guard, right? You saw that backfire with the no boom contract. Also, a couple years ago, you don't go out there and pay Austin Corbett. He ends up signing a three-year $26.25 million contract, and they clearly decided to go a different direction there, right? Yeah. Go back a couple of go, go back before uh, Corbett. You met Corbett's a perfect example, but go even back before that, another guard that they let go, Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold was an all pro level guard that was a part of an, a very competent offensive line. He moved on and played really well, Tennessee. And, and so they've, they've made decisions at that position before that lead you to believe that maybe they're comfortable trying to redevelop uh, and, and find a guy in the draft, find a guy in free agency. Because, it, again, you know, I'll use our team that we talk about so often, the Dodgers. When you know you can go find another one for half the price, you're very reluctant to go pay that guy the first time. They know they'll go find it, Jason Hayward. They'll go find it, JD Martinez. They'll go find these guys. And when the Angels or someone else stupid comes along and wants to pay Tyler Anderson all this money, bye bye. We'll go find the next one. The Rams have a similar, uh, you know, mo as well, where we can find these guys relatively cheap, so we don't have to pay those premium prices, and they'll pay the premium at Donald, at Cup, at Stafford, at those sorts of spots. So I, I think there's some similarities there. Yeah, that's a great point. It's do you lock him up or do you want to find the next Dotson, find the next Witherspoon? Right. And you bring up the Dodgers. I always say what the Dodgers is, they don't pay players they like. They only pay players they love. They can yep. pay anyone, right? But they only pay the Otanis and the Yomamotos, guys they know they can't get elsewhere. They probably could find some version of Dotson down the line. I think for me, why I'm a little weary of locking him up long term is – the production level, this is, yes, he's been solid before this, but this is kind of the first year where you've seen kind of wire to wire, okay, I'm elite at this position. And also you kind of see him flip-flop. I mean, years past, he's better in pass protection than run blocking. You've seen a lot of times he's been better than in run blocking than pass protection, right? So kind of what version is he? I think they definitely are kind of banking on their player development, their coaching when it comes to his success. And look, the reality is, though, they got the coin. I mean, you're talking about a team that – has 43 million in cap space right now with cuts and restructures could be over 70 million. It's just a matter of, okay, do we want the shiny new toys of skilled players? I think I'd rather put that money in a cornerback next season as far as top priority, but Hey, we've seen this offensive line there. A lot of the success is predicated. Now, as far as Witherspoon, we're going to focus him more uh, on a deeper level, another episode, but Witherspoon is another guy that you could consider, but that's much more of a premium position. And I think, for me, I think they need a cornerback that, look, you got Kobe Durant possibly on the other outside, but you have to absolutely have to address that position long term as well with the departure of Jalen Ramsey last offseason. That's the top priority. Like when you, yeah. whenever this season comes to an end, whether it's in two weeks, whether it's in three weeks, whether they go on some sort of run, it, before too long, you're going to start looking at that draft board. Before too long, you're going to start figuring out where our priorities lie. I, I, I'm a big believer in when you get into the draft. Take the best player that's on the board. Whether you need that position or not, take the good player. You can figure it out from there. This may be one of the times where you, you know you try to find a happy medium between what you need and what and what's available. 
they need help at corner. They need a lot of help at corner. They've missed on some guys, whether it's Kendrick, whether it's Durant. And, and, and maybe miss is a little bit strong, but these are not high-level starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, we'll see where they draft, right? This may be the, uh, a good problem to have where if you win a playoff game, and by the way, looking at Philadelphia yesterday, looking at Detroit, it looks like you know they can beat both of those teams. Maybe you are picking in them high, to, you know, you know, the low to mid twenties. Um, it's certainly a possibility. And you know, are you going to get a, a game changer at that position? Maybe, but maybe not. Um, but yes, I, I, I agree with you that, that corner is something that needs to be addressed and needs to be addressed with more depth at offense. Yeah, no, it's too bad. They're not going to be drafted high. That was the case. Maybe you do go for Kool Aid McKinstry from Alabama. Just that name alone. Just get the Kool Aid. Get the Kool Aid. <laughs> Sip of the Kool Aid all day. They could get his teammate though, Terry and Arnold from Alabama. He's a guy who can pick Lesnar, but we'll have a whole offseason talk about potential draft picks. But we're going to pick up the conversation on the kicking situation because what Travis and I discussed a couple episodes is turning out to be true. Is it pl- impacting the play calling? Well, that's coming up next. You got locked on Rams. All right, so I love going to games. I'm going to guess you love going to games. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a sports fan. What's the worst part about going to get your tickets, especially at the last minutes? This is where game time comes in. Put that game time app on your phone, and you're going to see tickets available to everything in your era, whether we're talking about a concert, whether you're talking about uh, a comedian. Of course, we got playoff games coming up, whether it's in the NHL, whether it's in the NBA, whether it's the NFL, right? Last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area with that game time app. And, of course, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, and all of the wonderful things that come along with it. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, and you can even do it right up to the start of the event. In fact, you can even go after the start of the event, one hour after it starts. It is the place to find your last-minute Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, Create that account with the Game Time app. Redeem the code Locked On NFL. That's L O C K E D O N NFL for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever your podcast. Now, Travis, here in our third segment. Segment. First of all, I'll give you credit because you're the guy who pointed this out a few days ago that the kicking was going to change the Rams offense, especially yeah. when it comes to four down territory. Sean McVay was asked about it and he was honest. Will this impact their play calling with the struggles of Luke Haversick? He says it does. It's something that I was talking about it and there were some opportunities that you have to be considerate of. All right, you're operating in four down territory. Maybe different than you had in previous situations. So clearly, He's saying what you were saying and that they're going to be going for it on fourth down in situations where in the past they may not have. They lead the, they lead the NFL in missed kicks. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. They, they have more missed kicks this season than any team's had since 2015. It's a long time ago, right? So this is, this is not just their guys not great. It's that their kicking has been bad. It is the worst in the league. 
of course it's going to impact your play calling. When you have, you know, a guy that's going to try a 40 or 45 yard field goal and you only think he's got maybe a, a two out of three chance of making that, that's not good. Go for it. You know, if it's fourth and eight, fourth and nine, probably not. But if it's fourth and three or four, and you, I mean, you probably have a, a one out of three chance of converting that the same way you would a one out of three chance of making a, a 45 yard field goal. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does impact them. And then, you know, watching the games this weekend, seeing Mason Crosby go out there and just bang kicks plus 50 plus yards uh, in less than ideal circumstances made you kind of go, okay, again, you and I were not a pro. I, I didn't see how bad Mason Crosby was. I didn't see how good Luke Havertick may have been, but seeing him kick in a game relative to what I've seen from Havertick, Crosby looked like the better option. Uh, I wonder if that doesn't something that the Rams maybe regret doing as quickly as they did, but they got a kicking problem, and until he either makes a big kick or it ultimately comes back to bite him in the, you know what, uh, they're going to continue to have a pro- You know, we talked about the, the corner. We talked about uh, maybe some old line depth and things like that in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Rams and you typically don't draft kickers, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Rams dip their toe in there because they they, they have, you know, they, they've been, Zerline was really good for them. Uh, Matt Gay was really good for them, but in between they've had some misses here and there and, and it just, it changes the way you play. You heard Sean McVay say it. Yeah. And it took him tons of kickers to get to Matt Gay. And sometimes that's the case, but you know what I'm not here for the Mason Crosby revenge game this week. Like you mentioned, he was crushing. He had a 52-yard field goal, was right down the middle, had room to spare. He had both extra points. He was fantastic. I kind of want to know why they didn't hold on to him. I think it's pretty obvious. They felt good about Haversick's performance against the Ravens in the rain. And look, he has the leg. That's not the issue. It's just finding a way to keep it straight. And look, at the end of the day, you are what you are. This is a performance-based business. He's gone two for six from 40 to 49. And that's where he's got to hit. I mean, the 50 those are the ones you got to exactly right. You got to make those, right? I mean, yeah. you just can't cut it. And just example, perfect example. Fourth and two on the Saints 28-yard line. McVay, he goes for the field goal attempt for 47. Misses it wide right. That would have put the Rams up 13 to nothing, right? In that situation next week, they're probably going for it right there. So he also said, McVay, that they're looking not just about the kicking. They're trying to look at the entire kicking operation from – the snap to holding the kick and this and that. To me, I feel like that's a situation where, look, at the end of the day, this is about Haversick making kicks, and that's about it. Yeah, look, they've already they're on their second long snapper of the year. Ethan Evans has been holding all season. I, the ball's just not. I, I I don't know anything about kicking, but I know what my ear tells me, right? And I, and I know what it sounds like when it's hit solidly, and I know what it sounds like when it's not hit solidly. And there's been way too many not solid contacts, right? Uh, you go back to Brett Maher, it sounded like, you know, a high school kicker kicking. It didn't sound like that good thump that Haversick has a little bit of a better sound and it, the ball seems like it's struck more cleanly, but it's all over the place. They, they've got a problem. And and we can there's not much you can do. It's week 17 coming up. They're, they're, you know, there's not like Justin Turner or Tucker is going to be available to him at some point. It's not like yeah, you know Matt yeah. is going to come back to the fold. This is what you have, and I would be working on some fourth down plays and some two point conversions because at some point you're just going to stop doing the thing that you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I love that you bring that up as far as the two point conversion plays going for them fourth down. I think kind of fits with kind of the theme and the narrative of this season, right? This is the house money season. They 
already overachieved and exceeded expectations. This will hopefully just make them even that much more loose. Going out there saying, let's go. Let's yeah. let it rip. And we know we have to score, right? We know we have to get in the end zone. And I think on a small level that this kind of makes Stafford's eyes light up. And these, this receiving fourth Puka and Cooper and Kyron Williams there in the red zone knowing, hey, we have to punch it in because we can't rely on Luke Haverson. So from that standpoint, I'm actually a little excited about this. But on the other standpoint, too, I've watched enough football my entire life knowing that kicks matter and points matter, especially in close playoff games. And that to me, like I said, when I wake up at 3.30 in the morning in cold sweat, that's what I'm thinking about, Travis. Well, it's funny because if this were – if the Rams had found themselves at eight and seven because the season had kind of continued the way it had, or winning games, you know, 17 to 14, 21 to 20, and things like that, I would be a little bit more concerned about it. The fact that the Rams have kind of found their offense, they're averaging, you know, 30 or so points over the last month. So I know playoff games are different. They're going to be outside potentially. It's going to be, you know, they're playing against better teams, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that they can score points, and let's say you go for it a couple of times on fourth down, you make one, you, you don't make one, you're probably still ahead of the game trying to kick some longer field goals because I think a couple of those fourth down goes turn into touchdowns. The Rams are going to have to score touchdowns to win these games, not kick field goals because if it's field goals, ain't happening. It's just, it's nah. just it's not going to happen. You're going to have to score touchdowns. Four down territory Rams. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On. Rams here. Just want to send a special shout out and thank everyone for this first uh, on location episode here at the Starbucks. Thanks, guys, for making it out here. Great seeing everyone uh, here at the Starbucks. Uh, really special. But, uh, Travis, maybe you'll make it out here next time. We can do this together at this random Starbucks. It's going to be awesome. But uh, that's going to do it. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X at Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And, of course, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. Follow him on the X at Travis Rogers. Until next time, whose house is locked on Rams' house?